Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action Forward News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Hello, and remember, early to ramp and early to roll makes a player the arch enemy ganged up on and killed immediately. Squeamigee getting you caught up on the meta traffic with the weather light report. Bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of the team, CMD Tower himself. <laughs> well, he can't seem to get his microphone working. We did caution him from going cheap at the Prater shop. Whoa! Oh. Ref. He has been texting a fair amount, though, so that's a plus. That is a plus. So it's step one. Thank you for tuning in to your number 12 source of Magic the Gathering news. We are excited to one day be nominated for an Emmy Cruel, one could hope. We're going to start off the top of the cast with the latest in carnage that ensued with games on Sunday with Live in a Dash. I'm going to start this one off. I decided to convert my Chaos Cascade deck, which was Yidris Maelstrom Wielder. Paradox Paradox Engine. Yeah, but basically that, that <laughs> man ruined was, that deck. It was Paradox Engine. <laughs> it, it, it's terrible now. So I, even though I actually don't even think I ever played it without Paradox Engine, I'm just assuming it was terrible because it wasn't. Yeah. It was never a good Chaos deck to begin with. You just with. ramp and hit Paradox Engine and then just go off with him. Yes. Yeah, it was boring. Uh, but anyways, I turned it into a CEDH deck Oof. with uh, Thrasios and Vile Smasher extra turns. Um, I was able to test it out against Squee McGee and another friend. I won, of course. Uh, it, it is CEDH, but to be fair. Both my opponents did gang up on me and send all the hate my way. So it wasn't like I politicked my so way. It's so it and happened. So we knew, you, what, you were early we knew what was going on. So uh, I want to say it was turn six. I won. That sounds um, about right. Yep. Uh, but the play of the game was Squee McGee because he had a destroy enchantment. And he got X dudes for destroying it. Correct. Um, and he had a choice. Swarm Intelligence that I had. I had played it and it had gone to uh, our other friend. And so this was an instant speed and I was all tapped out when I did it. And so he kind of evaluated the board. And our other friend playing his Gaji deck played a Mirari's Wake. And so he kind of had to kind of make the judgment call, which one do I get rid of? And I believe at that point, if we hadn't gotten rid of the Mirari's Wake the Gaji player was just going to take the game by storm. Yeah, it, it was Rafi playing. So you're just king, you were just yeah. kingmaker, pretty I, much. Yeah, I was. <laughs> well, I, got, I got an extra token out of it because it had you know extra mana that the Murray's way cost to get the token. Always out, go for the blue one. But the thing Correct. always go for the blue one. <laughs> I've learned my lesson now. Yeah, but yeah. I, we were going to lose the game, so I didn't yeah, know what else we, to do. We were about to lose, um, and so and I, I didn't have any infinite loops. It was just I, I played the ten mana, take two extra turns. Time after stretch. This. Yeah. <clears> Thank you. So which is what I recommended for my. Thank yep. you very much. I need, I, I need to put in a caveat on infinite loop. It was real close. No, no, it, it, it was not an infinite How loop. How many turns did you end up taking? Uh, so I took four before I stopped, and they just said you win the game. Right. Uh, it wasn't done yet. Yeah, th there was no putting stuff on back on the top and doing it again. It was just like, okay, I'm going to get four extra turns from the time stretch because of Swarm yeah, Intelligence. You, yeah. Dome someone from 10. Squee McGee actually got hit with the Vile Smasher trigger, I think, three turns. Oh, it was so rude out of two people. <laughs> yeah. He, he called he odds got, evens and rolled evens three in a row. And, and to be fair... 
I think two extra turns in, I didn't actually get another extra turn spell. I was just trying to draw cards, and I was like, oh, God, this engine can't stop. It can't stop. And I had to do uh, Thrasios a few times to kind so of weed cards off thing, the top. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, I got another one. And then I think what sealed the deal is I got the card that allowed me to play an instant or sorcery for my graveyard that turn. So then yeah. I got four more copies, dome someone for 10, and then that would have put me at six more extra turns. And that's when mm-hmm. most yeah. players are like, oh, okay, we're, we're, sounds, we're sounds done. Like another exci- <laughs> sounds like another exciting Mr. Combo solitaire finish. So. It, it wasn't solitaire, to be fair, until turn six. Sure, whatever you got to tell yourself. <laughs> I feel Six good about it. In. Yeah, I feel good about I it. I bet you do. But you know what? This isn't a deck that I'm ever going to play in our playgroup normally. Right. It's, it's something that I wanted to have when we go to Magic Fest, and I sit down at a table. And people are like, these are, people eight, are nine, like, ten hey, decks, I have a nine or a ten deck, even though, in my opinion, I consider CEDH its own category. Sure. I have a lot of very tuned decks that I consider eights, nines, and tens. But they're not CEDH. I think CEDH is its own breed, but the world doesn't look at it that way. If someone says I have a 9 or a 10, that means they have CEDH. And so I need something to have to be able to play at the table. Right. Uh, So, yeah, you know, I haven't bought any of the cards for the deck yet. I just kind of pieced it together with what I had and then printed out the cards that I didn't have. The great thing, though, is that I think I only need to spend like 40 bucks to make the deck. Because I already have all the duels. Well, think about that Judge Foil time stretch you got to get and all these other expensive ones. And you're... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just going to get all the basic versions oh. of all the extra turn cards because I'm never going to play the deck, so I'm never going to Oh, sure, yeah, stuff. you don't need to play, so, play it out. yeah, I mean, I think the most expensive cards I need to actually buy would be like Ristic Study, Mystic Remora. Right. Um, I already have the duels. I'm just going to have to pull them from other, other decks because I'm not, I'm not going to buy them just to have it right. in this deck. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with the way it turned out. I did go on Reddit and asked uh, the kind of community, hey, take a look at the deck. Uh, I got a lot of colorful wording and... Uh, I don't know what you're trying to do here. And so I made some of the recommendations of nuts. Uh, and some of them I said, uh, kick rocks. I'm going to keep yeah. my planeswalkers. Yeah. And so. I will say, Mr. Combo did a great thing for those playing the home game when he was playing the competitive deck. Rafi and I both knew exactly what was going on. He framed it as, hey, I want to test this out just to see if it works. Right. So it wasn't like we came into the game blind and right. just got okay, yeah, 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 that's good. So, yeah. you, you know, if you have a deck and you want to play it and see how it works, just let your friends know, your playgroup know, so mm-hmm. they, they know it's coming. So, Squee McGee, did you have any games from Sunday uh, that you want to talk about? I do. It's a three-way alert. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> a little spicy out here. So, we played a three-way two-headed giant. Whoa. I love two-headed giant EDH. Boo. So much fun. Oh, my God. Well, it you was... can't boo it. That's what we got to beat Josh and Jimmy in. It's so, it's just not fun. But it was, it was actually pretty fun. So, it was a little stressful. I will give you Jimmy. that. So, there was... Three teams of two. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I was paired. I was playing my Kokoshu deck. So I had Kokoshu out, and I was about to start headshotting people with it, and it got exiled by Mr. Combo first. And then by the time I got back, Will took well, roughly every card out of his deck, and they uh, they killed all of us. Oh. It was not the most eventful <laughs> end to the game, but I did enjoy the dynamic. I didn't know the, really the rules on how you play a three-way, two-headed giant game, so that was fun to see that. Yeah. It was also fun to work with, I was playing with Dan, and just see a different sure. deck and play a Kokoshu deck in line with another with deck. Another deck yeah. It was really interesting because I built that deck to be 100% centric around itself and yeah, bring out the board. And, and Kokoshu is kind of an interesting commander, guys, because that's the one where when it dies, each of your opponents lose five life. While in Two-Headed Giant, technically there are two opponents yeah. and they share one life total, mm-hmm. so then that's ten life that gets lost from that team, yep. and then uh, you know the other team gets that ten back. Well, in that one it'd be twenty, right? It's a forty point swing because there's two different teams. So yeah, it was. So when, so it, it, when was it was ten per team, it was ten per team, right? Right, ten yes. per team. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah gained, five, five, like, five, five, five. Yeah, right. Yeah. Dan and I gained. 
I see 20 total life. Everybody lost, lost. 10. Yep. So, yeah. And they were very smart, and they saw what was about yep. to happen, because it was going to dome the board it's, out. It's we were going to have enough life. But the, the only time I ever got to sacrifice Kokoshu and get it into the graveyard to do that effect was way too far after the fact, because Will had come in with his wart deck, and he had a big swing and board. Army and yeah. he swung enough creatures where I had to sack him just to stay alive, yep. but it still wasn't enough. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, we only played three games on Sunday, and the first game was the three-person with the CEDH. Right. The next game was a five-person game. And then the next game was the, the six-person, six two-headed giant. So the, you, the group just kept getting You guys, you guys should have plane chased on it, too. That would have been oh. the way to go. <laughs> no. But what we did is we had the winner of the five-person game, who was Davis, the creator of Half-Dragon Flatlander, pick his partner. And then the oh, other okay. two people mm-hmm. rolled off. And we did that, though, specifically because Will and Raphael wanted to pair up Gaji, Marisi. Oh, God. We said, no, way. no, yeah, no that's way. like cheating. That is just not fair. I, I know. It's like, and we played a fair amount of Two Headed Giant in Chicago, and like my Perforos deck was banned. Nekuzar was banned. <laughs> They're like, anything that says opponents on it is just too easy. So, yep. And I ended up, uh, so Will played his ward. I played Neheb mm. just because I was like, oh, you want to do your ward? That kind of burns things. It'd be right. kind of fun if I had Neheb. You burn a whole bunch of people, and then I get that yeah, mana because yeah. that's just life lost, and then I could cast the big and stuff. Go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, I basically held on to a flame rift and, <laughs> all right, can you kill everyone enough to where I can just deal eight yeah. and then we, we win? Then, so, uh, Big Tuck, did you have any games you want to talk no, about? No, I don't have that much to talk about. I played a heads up game for the first time. What's heads up, seven up? Just one on one. And it was the first time I'd done it. And you never played one on one? I mean, it's, I have, we, but it's, we've done it recently. But it's been like a long time. Like, I would say it's been over a year since I played one on one with anyone. Yeah. That's why huh. I don't like playing it that way. I think it's stupid. I really only like playing in groups of three or more. Actually, four or more, to be honest. But anyway, I played a guy at work, and uh, he played Mono Black. I played Marchesa. He kept gaining life. I said, great for you. <laughs> then I got the March. I got him down. I think it was like I was at eight, and he was at 25. And then I hit a Marchesa loop with where I could just keep sacrificing creatures and bring them back and blow up anything I was bored and headshot him. Oh, so you're saying you went into like an infinite combo? No, like I could do it once a turn. Oh. So, yeah, no, because I don't play infinite combos. That's not true. <laughs> I have one deck that has them. Maybe two. Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. All right, guys. Well, that's it for 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? Today, we actually kind of wanted to do some theory crafting. Some recon. We, we put on our aluminum uh, tinfoil oh, hats oh, there you go. in yeah. the shape of boats uh, because we wanted to kind of theorize what's going to come out in Theros Beyond Death, the set that will be debuting in January 2020. So, which, is, which sounds like forever. That's like what? That 65 days? 70 days? I and I did have yeah. a stat on this I wanted to share that just blew my mind. This is the 83rd expansion set. Wow! They're they're sticking with just the one, right? Because it's War of the Spark, Throne of Eldraine. I don't know if they're going to do traditional blocks anymore. Anymore? Do you think they're just going to do one set? Because we, we, we have this uh, we had Theros the Beyond Death, mm-hmm. and then, then the, Ka- so, the Kaji one. So right? yeah, I guess if we go in order, we have War of the Spark... Then we go into thro- or Magic 2020, uh-huh. right. Throne of Eldraine. Yep. Now we got the Theros Beyond Death. And then after that, we have Ikoria. Yeah, the Rise uh, of the Titans or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Rise right? of the Titans. And then after that's Core 2021. And then it's Zendikar Re- uh, Rising. Right. I f- so Zendikar Rising could be two, could be a two-block set, right? Could be. But we don't know. But be. honestly, if I put on my tinfoil hat, maybe they're doing no longer... 
plane blocks and they're just right. going to do these different sets on different planes because it keeps the mechanics more diverse and it's yeah. going to probably i would think maybe make standard more challenging yeah, instead right. of saying hey we have this block i know i'm going to have dethrone as a mechanic now for the next year right I just build the best of dethrone deck and i'm just going to get supplemented with better stuff now it's a, oh god now i got storybooks and i got right, this right, and i right. got that mm -hmm. it, and all it, in standard together like yeah, we saw planeswalkers like mismatch up, yeah. type of thing well and also like i remember when they switched they were in three blocks like thoros original block was three blocks yep. i remember a couple of them were like there's not that many cards out of it that you play with there's some from like a lot which we'll probably get into. But I remember, especially when they switched over to like the one big block and the tiny block. Yep. The tiny block was always like, all right, well, here's the four cards that I have any interest in and a bunch of shit. That's not even good. Sure. That's not even like that yeah. changing in standard. Now I'm incentivized to buy a box knowing that like, this is it. Like, yeah. this is the this one is thing. The one. It's not yeah. like, you don't have to wait for the second one to come out and be like, sure. oh, you know, with like Ravnica, with like the Ravnica set, yeah. the second one had more cards because mm -hmm. I like those guilds better, but I had no idea like what they would print on that one. Whereas sure. now you're just like, I really like Theros. I'll probably buy a box of it. And if they move that direction, I do like the diversity piece of it as well because mm -hmm. they can start reintroducing, like we talked a couple casts ago, how some mechanics don't have support or right. they don't have enough yeah. stuff. So they fair. can start reintroducing these mechanics back in and build up that strength, especially in Commander. I'm excited about mm -hmm. that. And it's not going to flood it with mechanics because we're not going to get the same mechanic printed for the next six months, Correct. nine yeah. months. Right. It'll right. be one and done. Right. So what we did is we divided it into four categories. Mechanics, Legends, Planeswalkers and potential reprints. And once again, this is just aluminum foil hats yeah. on with what we knew that from original Theros and kind of reading the tea leaves, as you will. Or uh, perhaps a card that was originally printed in Theros, Read the Bones. Oh, yeah! That's a, that's a, that's here, 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 here. Coming to a reprint near you, almost guarantee <laughs> it. Almost guarantee it. So, so, first thing we'll start on is mechanics. I'll kick this off. Yeah. Devotion, it has to be coming Down back, right? Down in depth, 100%. I no, so. no, I no. think so. Slam dunk. There's no way Devotion's not coming back. So if you guys aren't familiar with what Devotion is, Devotion was a mechanic created for the gods in Pharaohs right. that were enchantments and creatures. And basically, Devotion read, the creature must have X number devotion which basically means the color symbols on the top right corner in the cmc yeah. pips if, as they're called the, the pips had that number had to add up to whatever it said in the text box so for example karametra god of hardest was a silencia god that had green white in its upper right hand corner and it was not a creature unless it had seven right. pips of green and or white across all its permanents and then the monocolored ones, same type of deal, but it would be five pips across, and the gods did count for themselves. So I think devotion yeah. has to be coming back. No way, it's not. and and again, like you look at cards like Nykthos, mm -hmm. which is yep. which are so good, and that's also a devotion mechanic. And there's yep. that one that's there's a green that taps for devotion. I mean, this is the one. So I I, I think like we can just say it too. Gods will be back in some form or sure, another. For probably sure, yeah. likely the devotion one. And I think if you look at like the mythology that's drawn off of that, is that this is based more on like Greek slash Roman mythology, that's what this block is. Yep. And there, the gods were like more omniscient and less interacting with the earth. Yep. Whereas in Egyptian mythology, the gods were like out in amongst them, which you see in like the Amiket block. Act. I like yeah. devotion, I think it's a great Yeah, idea. I think it's good. I think for me, the one that's probably most likely gonna come back, that's the most vanilla of these sort of things, is probably Strive. Okay, So mm -hmm. Strive is, so one that comes to mind, Silence of the Believers is two colorless and black black, exile any number of target creatures and all auras attached to them. 
And then it's Strive, where it's the spell costs two colorless and a black more to cast for each target beyond the first. Oh, okay. So I like this is a this is kind of more of a boring static ability, but sure. I think it's I think there's a lot of cards that do interesting things with this. Okay. So this one, for example, it's like we've talked about before, exiles at a premium. This effectively is Vraska's Contempt, which we've talked about, sure. is, is I think is pretty legit. And if it's the only card in your hand, you can get two, three more things picking them off if you have the extra mana floating over. Okay. There's other ones that, like, um, whenever uh, one creature attacks, you create a creature that goes along with them, like a 1-1, one, one, and then its strive cost is only a white, so you're only paying more for these ones. Okay. They're kind of like incidental benefits. Again, it's nothing backbreaking or, or anything that's going to completely ruin the game or sure. change the way you would play, but... This is where they started. I think this is something that they're gonna bring back because okay. we've seen we've seen these stripe cards reprinted. That, yeah. That's fair, and, and it doesn't like you said. It's, I don't think it's something so broken that they're gonna be scared mm. to reprint it. Hopefully, they'll make it a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right. Like the stripe yeah. cards, for the most part, are kind of forgettable, which is a shame, right? But yeah. now they have one block to do all this stuff in. Whereas mm. like this one, this was just in Journey into Nyx, right? Sure. That's the only thing that's striving it. So now they can be a little broader. You know, maybe they have. And it would be cool if they if they could alter it a little bit to so where it's like you know the cost extra for each additional target. Maybe it's each additional artifact target, right? Or each additional enchantment target, or maybe mm-hmm. for each devotion you have to this, right? Cost strive. this much less or, to strive, and, or like strive sacrifice a creature, sacrifice or, food. I, I like yeah, the yeah, yeah, combine devotion and strive together. That'd be really yeah, that'd cool. be cool. That'd yeah. be really cool. That'd be so, really cool. Squeamy Gee, do you have any? I do. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to reprint it, but I'd love to see them do it. It's heroic. Ooh, what's that I, do? Heroics are really cool ability so essentially what it does is it allows a creature to have an extra ability if you ever target with a spell where i see a lot of potential in this block to fix some holes we've talked about recently is beefing up white sure mono oh white. sure so i think you could do a lot with mono white on target spells anything that would target your creatures yep. triggers a different ability then within that you can start bouncing abilities hey, back my and feather forth deck would love that. it yeah so <laughs> right? you know i'd love to see heroic come back i think it's a great ability to do things that people don't think about doing sure. very often you don't see anybody building a heroic deck yep it, it's incidental at best right so i'd love to see them bring it back i do think it has potential to be a little bit too powerful if they don't curb what they're putting yeah. on as the heroic abilities but and I think it's a fun ability. There was one card that uh, wrecked with this, and you could build, like, there was a while where you could build, like, a $20 deck that was, like, modern. It was a standard deck that was, like, modern. So there's one called a Crone Crusader. It's one red for a 1-1, one, one, but it has heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, create a 1-1 one, one soldier with haste. Oh. So, like, what you could do, they had another spell that, like, gave Gross. it plus three, plus one. So you do this turn one, turn two, play another mountain, play another one of these, tap that, this is now a 4-2. Then you have a 1-1 one, one as well, so you're swinging for 5 on turn 2. And then you just like run that cycle over and over again. Yeah, it was, it was disgusting. That's filthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to see Heroic it come back. Be- I don't think it's going to be the one, but... Yeah. You never yeah, know. That, that would be, that'd be a stretch. Um, one that I, you know, and I know we just kind of talked about how each of these blocks or sets, however we want to call them now, are going to kind of be siloed. One that I think could bleed over into the next one with the Kaijus monstrosity oh yes of yeah. course i think yeah. monstrosity it's be sure. could, could be a thing so monstrosity guys you I'll know put you my cast a creature yeah game. yeah for sure yeah monstrosity you cast a creature for whatever its normal cost is it has a normal power and toughness but then it would say monstrosity and then some mana and then it would say put x, x. plus one plus one counters depending on whatever the monstrosity was yeah um and then it becomes that much bigger and then usually it would have a separate line of text that would say once this becomes monstrositous like for example hundred handed one once hundred yep. handed one became monstrositous it could block up to 99 additional creatures so i think that's a mechanic that could come back because then right. it would go great in that set and then it would easily fit in with the kaijus because For they're sure. already right. huge and, sure. 
And I think if you think about it too, like that's there have been cards since Seraphs that have been printed with that. Right? Oh, there's yeah. been several that have. Yep. So it's like they don't even have to rethink about how this works. Like it already works. There's one that's similar in this block called Tribute, where if it enters the battlefield, anyone may pay put a counter on it. Oh, and then yeah. if they don't, then it gets uh, like side effects. Like for example, Fanatic of Xenagos is a colorless uh, red and green. 3-3, three, three, Trample, Tribute 1. So when it enters the battlefield, it enters as a 4-4 four, four if someone pays it. And if they don't pay the Tribute, it gets plus 1, plus 1, gets haste until end of turn. Oh, okay. So again, like that card, for example, was something that I just remember coming to mind because it just destroyed in standard. No, absolutely. And I think the last thing I want to bring up isn't an existing mechanic, but it's a new mechanic that possibly could come in. Now, I don't know how broken it would be. Um, but hey, I wouldn't be Mr. Common number 5 if I didn't talk about broken stuff. For sure. So... Yes. One of the big things in the Theros block was enchantments. Enchantment right. yep. creatures, mm-hmm. just enchantments, period. What's the the one Artifact they, enchantments? Artifact enchantments. The the one challenge around enchantments is that you don't really have a way to move them from creature to creature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they create maybe a new mechanic keyword that allows you to move enchantments from creature to creature. Like auras. Yes. Oh. Or, and, and you know, think, think of like artifact equipment. Right. You know, you could pay X and move a sword right. to another yeah, person. Another thing. I think it'd be kind of cool if there was a new mechanic that, you know, is it paying life? Is it sacrificing a creature? Because you can't just say pay mana because then that's, I think that's too good. Right. right. Um, but man, being able to yeah, move cool. enchantments around from maybe it's a new legendary god. Right, that's what that I was gonna say. That kind of it can kind like, of play that puppeteer. Unless, type unless your thing. devotion is less than that. Can be, okay, so think about this. It comes down as a creature, okay. but then it could turn into an enchantment that becomes like a bestow oh, sort of thing. Yeah, okay. So it's like the With inverse the of the other one, right? So we're just, like, we're just throwing right. all of these mechanics together. Yeah, let's say it's a two-two god with double strike. So okay. it says unless your encha- unless your devotion to white is five, this is just a creature. Then, if your devotion is met that, then you can attach it to another creature, and then okay. it gets like a bestow cost. But that I would be cool. super cool. But that the the problem with that the is, whole idea of the gun. But the those. problem with that is devotion is already and already says that it's an enchantment first, so Correct. they'd have to do like some right. other way to do it. But but yeah, I don't no, know. I, I don't know. Wizards, they pay you this money for. <laughs> we're, we're paying all. You know, Should we all call it bestotion? Yeah, yeah. bestotion. But yeah, I think it's just a way being even if it's not some god enchantment, right. just being able to move enchantments from creature to creature, that being a new mechanic, I think that'd be very, very that cool. No, I cool. agree. Yeah, so. I would agree. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for mechanics, guys. The next thing we're going to do is move on to legends. So my tinfoil hat is Kynios and Tiro are from oh, Theros. Oh, yeah, my favorite. That, that is a four-color legendary creature that came out in a commander set. I think, potentially, they're going to break apart and be each of the two of the four colors and partner with. That would be cool. Uh, okay. But it depends okay. on when this is set because that was like way before the Theros block happened, the two of them. Those two were of Miletus, right? And there's also Daxos of Miletus and that happened like later. Those two were like generations before. But where are we going in Theros with the set? The Underworld, them being tied together, us going to the Underworld. Right, yeah. Cool. If they, they, they've been dead, maybe they could do a partner with thing. Right. Maybe one of them... Here we go. Next level tinfoil hat. Maybe one's in the underworld. The other one is in the heaven or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. And then the partner with is like pulling bringing the one together. from hell yeah, or cool. bringing the other one down. Could be kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, a couple other legends that are from the Theros era, Thrasios and Timna. Yep. What yeah. if we got some sort of reprint, maybe not such a broken Thra- Thrasios. Right. <laughs> uh, but once again, that could be another opportunity for partner with 
Timna with Thrasios or Thrasios with Timna, and it could you know I don't know where they right. are in the story of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, lost on that one too. But you know that that could that could be uh, a way to bring back partners, which I know we aren't going to do generic partners anymore. Right, but partner partner with. with. So, I'd be on board. Do you have uh, any legends? Yeah, the only one is my boy because he was my tiny leader, commander of choice. He was holding on to the past, man. I always do, <laughs> and like I, I, I played. He was one of my first commanders. So I realized talk he about sucked. Frontier. Yeah, <laughs> Canadian Highlander, Daxos Amelitus. So oh, yeah. this boy's been through the ringer, right? So <laughs> he was a human warrior, soldier rather. Then he fell in love with Elspeth. Then he was killed. That enraged Elspeth to attack the gods. Then she was killed, and then he, she was like stuck in the underworld. And then he got pushed back up as Daxos the Returned, okay. the other commander leader, right? And now he's like doomed to wander the earth by himself with like all these souls of things that he killed, which Jesus. is where that came from. Yeah, I know that's right? some dark stuff. That is dark. some pretty heavy like, stuff. I was wondering, depending on the Elspeth, whatever, which we'll get into, um, possibly he could come back and be like. Daxos the Revenged or Daxos the Reclaimed Ooh, I like or something that. like that and then so he's like maybe he does like a Hercules thing from the Disney one where he yeah, goes where he, like, down flies there out. right yeah, yeah. And, and I think he's supposed to be, kind of be like that like he's a great warrior he was Colorless Azorius then he was Colorless Orzov so what if he was like he came back and he was like a Boros because now he's back and he's like ready to kick ass. Because like That's he's, got, cool. he's with his like, how cool would that be to like see but, his I, I, mean, I feel like since he's dead though, he would be Rakdos. Oh yeah, that'd be even better. There we go. Yeah, the revenge, perfect. Yeah. Right. That, that's so funny. I never put the Daxos enchantment dude. Yeah, yeah, it's him. It's him. Yeah. Same dude. Okay. He's back alive. That's why he's got the mask on because he's like zombified. Spooky stuff. mask. Yeah, no, it's, it's very the- on theme. So. You've covered most of the ones that I would have come up with. Okay. I was like, Daxos, again, was my boy. I opened him in a pack in China. We've heard this song. The song is old as time itself. <laughs> hey, and you know what, Watson? We know you're listening to this. Bring back partners. Bring back Daxos. Yes. Yeah. That'd so, be great. Uh, let's move on to Planeswalkers. Yeah. Maybe where were you going with Elspeth? Because we all know she's coming back. So, yeah, without yeah, doubt. She's absolutely coming back. I do believe that Elspeth may come back as a combo black-white. Yep. Oh, I think that as well. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be and pretty like, cool. We've only Slashing had- in black. We've only had Kaya, the ghost assassin or whatever, as any Orzhov planeswalker. So yep. it'd be good to have more in that. It'd be good to have more of those. Yep. Because White, actually, I think, might lead in planeswalkers. planeswalkers. They got a lot. There is a there's lot a lot of White planeswalkers. There's a lot of Lilianas and Jaces. And they're, yeah. but, but you're talking two there's specific also characters. True. All the Gideons, all the Lion dudes, the, the Johnnies. Johnnies before. Yeah, and all, the, got, all the Elspeths. Yeah. All the Elspeths. Yeah. And then you got the wall, the guy that makes walls. Uh, yep, and Nahiri. And Nahiri. See, there you, go. you just named five different characters that That's produce true. mono-white planeswalkers. I can't even think of Which is Johnnies, Elspeths, and Gideons. There's so many iterations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and like, yeah. I'm trying to think in just, just mono blue planeswalkers. It's like Jace, Jace Teferi. Tamio was for a while. Tamio. There's that wizard chick that's an uncommon. But yeah, yeah. like it's like it's all like and Teferi's not even more anymore, right? He only had one. Yeah. Is Gideon did Gideon die? He's dead. Oh, he's dead. But he's dead. But, okay. but, 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 but this could be a way to bring him back. Because exactly. he is from Theros, his, right? Yeah, his his uh Kythios, which I think is his name before Gideon, yeah. was on Theros to begin with and believed in everything, and then like he believed that the gods were like these ethereal things, right? Where like Heliod was who he worshipped. Sure. And then um, when he went to Amonkhet, he was like, oh my god, literally, they're walking with these people, you know what I mean? All right, next thing we're going to kind of wrap it up is with reprints. Um, the ones I'm honestly most excited for, and I think it'd be the most realistic, because most of the cards printed in here are the gods. They're not just going to reprint the same gods yep. again. Um, would be like Nykthos. Uh, I think that's going to happen because 
they obviously care about devotion. Look at throwing a Veldrain with a lot of the trip pips mm-hmm. in the same color. Oh, and in Throne, they have that um, addendum or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Yep. And, and you know, gods care about devotion. So, obviously, you need a way to benefit from that devotion. I think Nykthos is going to happen. Um, another thing, they will complete the, I believe, enemy Scrylands. Yeah, one of the, other, the other temples, that are, those are definitely going to happen yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's like, going to happen. They knew that they only needed to do half of them, and then they'll just get the other ones out. So, yep. Which is good, because some of those have started creeping up in, like, the 4 or $5 range. Yeah. So. And they'll probably stay there because they're really good and, and limited and standard too. And then I think it'll wrap it up with Mana Confluence just because it was around the last Theros block. Um, you know, it's right around 10 bucks. I think it's a way to where if they want to diversify standard and bring multicolored, you know, try to do a four or five right. color creep in. You got to have something like that. Plus, they want Brawl to work. Why wouldn't they put me yeah, really illegal in, mm-hmm. in Brawl? Because they got Command Tower in there now. So those are the ones that I think will probably happen. Yeah, I think I think the temples are definitely going to happen. I think the like exact reprints of Nykthos and uh, Mana Confluence are probably going to be a bit of a stretch. Um, Mana Confluence is probably more likely for what you just said. Uh, but I would not be surprised if there's some you know variation on the theme of. You know, it's Nykthos, but slightly different. Yeah. Or or it's, you know, Mana Confluence, but it costs two life or whatever. You sure. know, like there's going to... Kind of like how there was Cabal Coffers and they came out with Cabal Stronghold. Right. It was just a little bit worse. Maybe they can make Nykthos to where it's, you know, it enters the battlefield tapped. Tapped, right. And then, when it, and then it's a normal Nykthos after that. Right, or something like those lines. But yeah. yeah, like outside of that, I mean, they'll probably, if they go... Whatever mechanic they decide to go with, we'll probably see some reprints around that, yeah. right? Like, so we'll see a few Strive or um, ones with, that care about devotion and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see some of that, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm mostly excited to see the lands as usual. Yeah, because <laughs> that's usually what costs the most when yes. you build a commander deck. Exactly. Do you guys think that they'll print a different version of, say, a bow of Nylea? Maybe a Ooh, of topical. Nylea or something Ooh. along those lines. Well, I don't think they'll do... Because that's a legendary enchantment artifact, which yeah. is pretty hard to come by. I don't think they're going to do a reprint of those specifically, just because it's the same reason they wouldn't do a reprint of the god. Right. But I could see them doing new versions. Well, and they didn't do any two-color dictates or artifact enchantments. That's fair. Legendary. Mm-hmm. And all those are legendaries. And like Legendaries are starting to matter more and more and more yep. across the board. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past them to make some new ones of those because they're popular. A lot of people play like mm-hmm. Bite Nathasa, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think Wizards is more comfortable now uh, making a card uncommon, even if it's attached to a legendary. It used to seem like before, yep. if it was this cool legendary, it had to be rare or mythic yep. or even related to it. No, I agree. Now we obviously have stuff that are legendaries in that uncommon slot. Well, even um, uncommon planeswalkers too is a big step. Yeah, yeah totally. So I think maybe they could take the ten existing gods and maybe do one or two in a mythic realm three the other three, three in the rare, rare and the yeah. five in the uncommon yeah and no, it's just I'd, kind of varied on power level I'd be, depending I'd be on inter- the god i'd be interested in seeing that happen yeah for sure so cool um and i think part of that could even be that those artifacts even if they only do a few kind of like how xenagos is dead maybe it's a artifact that right. elspeth found in hell staff of, of xenagos or something yeah, yeah sure. horn yep. something mm-hmm. to that nature so no that'd be sweet cool guys well that wraps up with what's the plane chase and the last segment squeeze dives into those creative juices with the Weatherlight. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4, I'm Squee McGee. Today's commander has a bit of an affinity for being dirty. That's right, we're talking about Fungi. He's the champion of magic for fungus. 
Thelon of Havenwood. Oh! Thelon of Havenwood. He's a 2-2 legendary elf druid that costs two green and reads each fungus gets plus one plus one. Oh, yeah. For each spore counter on it. One green and one black mana. Remove a fungus card in your graveyard from the game. Put a spore counter on each fungus in play. So this has a lot of opportunity for tribal, which... Yeah, I've never played Fungus Tribal. Sounds like fun. Sounds like a, a there's only one, dirty time. For there's only one on other board. one that's in this color. Yeah, no, this would be fun. I've I've never seen this actually out in the wild before. Yeah, there's only 186 decks on EDH. Oof. Uh, one important thing to note is that he does have black in his text, so you can use those black cards to do graveyard shenanigans, to bring back things, to life drain. Uh, really do what black's good at. Uh, you also get access to a lot of dual color creatures, and I'll talk about a few here coming up. It's not necessarily a go wide or a go tall. It's almost yeah. a little bit. Of of go wide and go tall. Okay, cool. Well, let's hear about some yeah. cards. What yeah. do we got for us? So the first card I want to talk about is Fungal Bloom. It's an oh. enchantment that costs two green and reads two green. Put a spore counter on target fungus. <laughs> Couldn't ask for more. Wow, and... For those who are playing the collecting game, it is part of the reserve list for Jeez. a good two dollars <laughs> from everyone's favorite set of Fallen Empires. You know, I'm which gonna is bring you something for horrendous. Beautiful, add a rare nonetheless. Yeah, it plays right into what the commander's doing with the spore counters. This deck's gonna yeah. be heavily focused around fungus, getting more of those counters on there, and I'll get into a couple other cards here on how you can combo that out as well, but. I think it's great for this deck. No, yeah. no, I think that is fantastic. I mean, yeah, there's not I, there's not a whole lot of spore counter that matters. And most of them <laughs> That's are, true. Most of them are printed a million. Spore counter dot deck yeah, don't have right. any options. And, and most of them were printed we're like about 15 years ago. Theros block, spore, tribal. Whoa. Yeah, listen, <laughs> those listed in. Okay, well, so what what'd you have next? Kindred Summons is what I want to talk oh, about yeah. next. Kindred Summons is oh, instant sure. for five colorless and two green. It's a bit expensive, but with green shouldn't be a problem. It reads, choose a creature type. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal X creature cards of the chosen type, where X is the number of creatures you control of that type. Put those cards onto the battlefield, then shuffle the rest of the revealed cards into your library. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that that one's a good one. The the interesting thing is I'm trying to think, because a lot of the funguses will make sapperlings, but the sapperlings won't count towards this spell. And these colors, is there a black one that makes all your creatures whatever type you say? I yeah, there's the like conspiracy. One. There's conspiracy. It was like the original. Yeah, right? yeah. So I you think can do you, that. Think... And there's a fair amount between green and black and the combined colors on certain cards. There's, in my count, I think almost thirty fungus cards that you sure. can play in this. Right. <clears throat> but you know, the one thing I wouldn't want you to do is just have to jam every fungus. Kind of like if you want to do Kithkin Tribal, mm -hmm. you just kind of yeah. grab every single one, but then it's trash. It'd be cool if you could put in the fifteen yeah, actually good funguses, right. but then turn the sapperlings that they make into fungus. funguses. Yeah, somehow. I think that's a great idea. Um, or vice versa. Or yeah. Because you could just make this like you could just turn sap fungus tribal into sapperling tribal as well. Yeah. Using the same uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it could be and and yeah, as I was looking through all the cards that made sense in this deck, there's a ton of sapperlings that are going to be put in and out of the board. Right. Um, so you could also put in different things that make sapperlings stronger as well. Cool. So what other cards you get? So the next card I want to talk about is Sporogenesis. It's a green enchantment, costs three colorless and a green, and it reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a fungus counter on target non-token <sighs> creature. Whenever a creature with a fungus counter on it is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a 1-1 green sapperling creature token onto the battlefield for nice. each fungus yes. counter on that creature. When Sporogenesis leaves the battlefield, remove all fungus counters from all creatures. That sounds it's like some synergy. Well, it's just funny how it's like you find one, like there's like one card... You know, you like you look at these commanders. Like when you're building a new deck, you're like, oh, I don't know, and then you find like one card. Where you're like, holy shit, this like <laughs> this like completely changes it, right? So think about it. If you could get like that going, 
I mean, your thing's gonna get humongous, right? So you just gotta figure out how to get your shit in the graveyard, and then you can start dumping counters onto this guy. And the nice part about this too is this helps out with the token situation, right? Because the tokens do hit the graveyard, so when they hit there, and you can put a spore counter on these tokens with spore genesis each turn, so then you can utilize the tokens as well. No, that's great, and I think if you're gonna kind of go with the counters theme, mm-hmm. which is almost sounds like you have to with fungus, right? Karn's Bastion, that's a slam dunk, right? In this yeah. yeah, colorless land, tap it for a colorless or four to yeah, proliferate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't even touched on the proliferate yeah. part of this deck. There's too many cards to count for proliferate, and I think this deck has a lot of potential to yeah. be pretty yeah. quick. It's under the radar. It's dirt cheap to build. Uh, for yeah, example, funguses are yeah. not breaking the bank. <laughs> yeah. Spore Genesis comes in at a hot sixty-three cents. Hot sixty-three. <laughs> do- doable. Last card I wanted to talk about is Sporoloth Ancient. It is a four-four fungus creature that costs three colorless and two green. It reads. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a spore counter on Sporoloth Ancient. Creatures you control have, remove two spore counters from this creature, put a 1-1 green sapperling creature token onto the battlefield. So it plays into what we were just talking about with the sapperlings yeah. coming out onto the battlefield. Uh, and that is something that you should be cognizant of because you're going to have quite a few tokens on there. Now, to go back to the commander's ability, you need to be ready and know that when your tokens die, you're not going to be able to use the commander's second ability because they're not a fungus in the graveyard. Oh, right. So what you're going to want to do with this deck is put most of your tokens out onto the battlefield, use them as your attackers, your blockers, and try and get your funguses into the graveyard to remove them to give everybody else plus one, plus one. So this card, I think it gives a lot of value where you can, kind of like I was saying earlier, go wide and go tall all at the same time. So you'll use these tokens more as your chump blockers, more as your board stabilization to protect yourself. Um, It's just a great way to use spore counters if you have too many on a creature, you can't attack or whatever the case may be to create extra creatures without having to burn anything out of your hand. Buy it. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Well, one card that I do want to talk about that I think is a terrorist card for this deck Plague Boiler. Oh, yeah. Three colorless artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a plague counter on Plague Boiler. Then you can pay one and Golgari, which is black green. Put a plague counter on Plague Boiler or remove a plague counter from it. And when it has three or more plague counters on it, sacrifice it. If you do, destroy all non land permanents. It'd be a very cool way to be kind of playing with the counters. And it's like people right. are like, ah, oh, I'm going to do this. And I was like, well, if you do that, I'll yeah, blow up I'm the just board. Blow up and you everything just kind else. of sit there and mess with them. Um, and basically just paying three mana a turn to keep it off right, of that yeah. three it's not a big deal no it's a ter- oh, it's a terrorist card for sure yeah. that's pretty good yeah so that's really all i had to talk about on this deck i'll uh, kick it back to mr common number five and big tuck at the action four news desk oh thanks for staying with us and as always remember the great giveaways from cmd tower himself by retweeting subscribing following liking and sharing without your support we would be knitting very very weird sweater sock combinations you can stay in touch with your mtg action 4 news team by following us on twitter facebook and our website cmd tower you can communicate directly with your team at cmd tower at mr combo number five all spelled out except for the five at Deer Sweet, and maybe in the future, Big Tuck can finally migrate from his Harvard Connection account. Ooh. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.